Welcome back to season two of the Ivy League Prep Academy podcast, equipping you to successfully pursue the college of your dreams. We believe everyone deserves to reach their full potential and the admissions process shouldn't hold you back. All right, I wanna do a really quick thought experiment with you. If I were to ask you to come up with the most confident human being you could possibly think of, let's say a fictional character for a movie or a story that you're writing, who would you come up with? What kind of person would this person be? If you're like most people, it's probably going to be someone like Superman or Wonder Woman, a superhero who has supernatural powers because they know everything, they're incredibly skilled in everything, they're stronger and faster and brighter and everything else than normal people. And they're probably like Captain America. They probably have nonstop, endless courage where they're just willing to do things that are scary all the time. So the most confident people are the people who know it all, who have the most skill, and who have unlimited levels of courage. Does that sound accurate? Well, I can see where this might be coming from. I, obviously, it's not hard to understand why such a person might be considered the most confident. This persona, the know-it-all, the Superman slash Wonder Woman, or the endless courage, the non-stop courage, this persona is a myth. And this is certainly not founded in actual confidence. This is not where confidence comes from. Because confidence is not knowing everything or being able to do anything or everything. If that were the case, then confident people would not be humble, right? They would know that they know everything and they would know that they're already skilled at everything. And there would be no humility there. The reality, though, is that the most confident people in the world are also the most humble. Humility is one key to improving your level of confidence. Why? Well, let's touch on it a little bit more later, but the idea here is when you're humble, that focuses your attention. You know you don't know everything. You know you need to focus your attention. You need to focus your energy around the things that you don't know so that you can take strategic action in making improvements. That is the activity of a very confident person. So in order to move forward with this podcast and with this discussion, I want to begin with a definition of confidence. I believe that confidence is believing you can figure it out. You can figure out a solution. It is not that you already know something or you know how to do something. Confidence is so much more than that. It's knowing that you can figure it out. You can bring yourself to the experience. You can bring yourself to the equation. And when you add your own critical thinking and your creativity and your willpower and your effort and your grit and your emotional intelligence, when you bring you to the equation, whatever the problem is, you know that you'll be able to figure out a solution. Now, this flies in the face of a lot of the advice that we hear about confidence that actually is good advice for the most part. It's just not complete. And I really hope in these next few minutes that we can complete the story for you so that we understand what confidence really is and we know that we can begin taking really effective and strategic action now that puts us on that path to greater confidence. So the idea that we just need to take action and that's going to inevitably lead to confidence is disproven way too easily. Think about any number of times in your life where you took action and because you took action, you ended up embarrassing yourself. You felt like a fool. You felt like a reject. You felt like a failure. I know that that has happened to me too many times to count. In fact, some of the reasons why I lost confidence as a teenager or have lost confidence throughout my life are because I took action. I took action and proved to myself that I could not do the thing that I perhaps otherwise would have thought was possible. 
that action was not well prepared, it wasn't strategic, but I took action. And all you have to do is think of one or two examples in your own life, and you can immediately disprove the incomplete advice that taking action is the key to becoming more confident. It simply isn't. So if confidence does not come necessarily from taking action, and it doesn't mean that we already know or can do something, confidence is the belief that we can figure out a solution, how do we get better at building that? You see, a lot of people, teenagers and adults alike, have great ambitions and they decide that they want to go do something. But then they run into a challenge. And when they hit that snag, when they hit that challenge, what happens? Then they say, oh, I can't do what I wanted to do because I don't have these resources. Oh man, I can't do what I wanted to do because I don't have this skill. Oh man, I can't do what I wanted to do because I don't know the right people. I can't get into the right circles. I can't get that internship. I can't get that job. I can't get the research opportunity. I can't do this and I can't do that. A lot of people face challenges and that is their response. The confident person, on the other hand, is going to approach this differently, right? They're gonna face the exact same issues. They're going to say, look, I have this really important objective. I have this goal that's very important to me. It scares me a little bit. It excites me a whole lot. And I know it'll make a huge impact on my community. So it's very important to me and it's important to the people that I care about. But as I was taking action, as I was executing this plan, I ran into this problem. I don't have these resources. I don't know these people. Or I don't have these skills. I don't have this expertise. I don't know enough. And instead of saying, well, I don't know enough or I don't have these resources or I don't know these people, so I can't accomplish my goal. Confident people say, I don't have these resources, so that's the next step on my journey, right? That's the next logical step. In order to get to the end result, to get to the objective that I'm eventually going to arrive at, I need to acquire these resources. How do I acquire the resources? Well, now I'm going to adjust my plan so that I can begin pursuing these resources. Same thing with skill development or with networking, right? Oh, I don't have these skills. These skills are critical for me to succeed. And then the next logical step in this path is either how do I develop these skills or how do I partner with someone who has the skills or the expertise that can compensate for my lack? Outreach is the same idea. I don't know the people that I need to know in order to make this successful. Okay, well, the next logical step here is how do I meet those people? How do I get to know them? How do I communicate my message and my mission in a way that compels them to want to work with me? That just becomes the next logical step on the journey. It's not the reason why you can't do what you want to do. It's just the next thing that needs to be done. So we get the mindset straight. Then we move to the next level, and that's taking action. Because taking action by itself, as we've already discovered, is not enough. It needs to be strategic action. And there's a combination here. The, the mental side and the physical side, the action taking and the mindset need to work together. How does that work? Well, you need to know that confidence is not about being good at something necessarily. It's about not fearing being bad at it. If you want to be good at something, you have to be willing to be bad at it first. And in order to be willing to be bad at something first, we need to have an appropriate mindset around failure around skill development, just understanding this process better. So whatever the skill is that you're trying to develop, you need to be willing to give yourself a pretty long runway to develop that skill. So when you begin developing this new skill, you've already decided that you're totally cool with being bad at it first. You know that you'll be bad at it first, and then eventually you can get good at it. 
you know that confidence is not about developing that skill necessarily. It's about knowing that you have developed skills before and you know that you can develop another one. And for those of you who are listening in who have developed skills at a high level, if you've learned a musical instrument or you perform in sports or you have arrived at a, at a high level at any kind of competitive activity, then you know what I'm talking about. Even a high level of academic activity. I'll tell you, the first time that I learned a foreign language, I didn't take foreign language classes in high school. That tells you already that times have changed, right? Everyone is required to take foreign language now. But I didn't in high school. The very first foreign language I began to learn was at 19 years old, I learned Romanian. And that was one of the hardest things that I had ever done in my life. But later on, when I was 22, I decided to learn Chinese. I decided to learn Mandarin. And I can tell you that I was confident and I learned Mandarin much faster because I knew that the beginning stages were going to be difficult because I had already learned a foreign language as an adult before. So just knowing that I know how to pick up the skill, knowing that I could do it was enough when I faced that really discouraging path at the very beginning when I was horrible at Mandarin until I began to improve. Okay, And you know this from your own experience, whether that's sports or music or developing anything. If you haven't yet developed a skill and you don't know what I'm talking about, then believe me, there is no time like the present. You should decide on something that you're going to become good at and decide that you're okay with being bad at it first because it's important for you to know that you can develop a skill. That leads to the second idea here, and that's the valley of disappointment. Science around skill acquisition is very, very clear. We believe in our minds that when we learn something new, we think that that learning is linear. We think that the more time we spend with that activity, the more we're going to learn and the more we're going to improve. It's simply not true. The metaphor that works best for this is imagine that your goal is to melt ice cubes in a room. And the room is 10 degrees below freezing. Every single degree that you raise the temperature of that room requires tremendous effort. But you look at the ice cubes and they move from 10 degrees below freezing to 9 degrees below freezing to 8 degrees below freezing to 7 degrees below freezing and the ice cubes appear exactly the same. It does not look like any improvement is happening. And yet every single degree change is substantial because eventually you hit freezing point. And then even the tiny increments, a tenth of a degree, makes a huge difference on that ice cube. You get one degree above freezing and suddenly the ice cube melts quickly. In that moment when you observe that, it feels like nothing was happening for the longest time and then suddenly it all happened at once. The reality is that in your body and in your mind, when you develop a new skill or you learn something new, you have to pass through that valley of disappointment because there are neurons and neural networks in your brain that are trying to form connections and they don't know how to connect yet. And eventually, those one degree improvements over time add up and they get to the point where a connection is made among the critical neural networks, right? And suddenly, boom, things start to make sense. Your muscles move the way they're supposed to move. Your brain thinks through the process correctly and you begin to learn quickly. Suddenly it feels like after all this time of getting zero results, now you're getting huge results, amazing results all at once. Now this is really important to understand because this is something you're going to use for the rest of your life. If you begin to understand this as a teenager, you will be able to hold on to that confidence building experience, the truth, the reality 
that you started and did something frustrating for a period of time, and then at some point there was a breaking point where the temperature changed from below freezing to above freezing. And at that point, it seemed like everything connected and things made sense. And you will have that experience that you can carry with you into your other endeavors. I'll tell you, when I stopped teaching full-time and began focusing on the Ivy League Challenge full-time, it felt like nothing was happening for months. But I continued to work at it. I continued to raise the temperature in the room just one degree. And I didn't know how many degrees below freezing the temperature was. I didn't know when that ice was going to melt. But when it did, and suddenly people told other people about their experiences in the Ivy League Challenge, and parents talked to parents. And now I have students and parents and teachers and college counselors and college counseling companies all reaching out to me to talk about how to integrate the Ivy League Challenge, how to teach core values, how to connect those core values to an effective impact project, how to connect the impact project and the self-awareness around the core values to an effective admissions application. All of that is happening at an overwhelming rate right now, when at the beginning, it felt like nothing was happening. Well, such is the process of developing confidence. You have to know that confidence is not about knowing everything. Know-it-alls are the opposite of confident because they're not humble. And humility is required to really focus your energy and do what you need to do to be successful, to be willing to be bad at it first. Humility is required to become confident. So no, confidence does not come from knowing it all. It doesn't come from being able to do it. Doing the thing, yes, gives you confidence in that thing, but it doesn't give you the strength and the fortitude to face new challenges with confidence. It only gives you the confidence that you can accomplish one singular task. And the last thing that I wanted to address, the nonstop courage, the Captain America idea here. Confident people are, are facing dangerous situations or scary situations, but they just have so much courage and, and they're not afraid of anything. They're able to do whatever they want, regardless of how scary it feels to me because they don't feel the same fear. I'm so glad that we can talk about this in this format because nothing could be further from the truth. In fact, courageous people feel fear all the time. It's just that they have the right mindset around that fear. They don't see the fear, that, that feeling that you feel in your stomach where the butterflies in the stomach or the tightness in your chest or the tenseness in your neck or in your shoulders. However you experience that, that extra energy, these people who are more confident, they don't experience that energy as anxiety and fear. Do you know what they experience it as? Evidence that they care about something. That energy is there proving to them that the thing that they're doing is important to them. It means nothing more, nothing less. And if you manifest that energy as anxiety or fear, it will hurt your performance. But if instead you add oxygen, <laughs> all right? Breathe deeply all the way into the bottom of your belly and breathe fully. You add oxygen to that extra energy that you're feeling and just tell yourself, this is excitement. This is important to me and I'm feeling excitement right now. Allow that excitement to focus your energy and focus your attention on what is most important. You already know that what is most important is being willing to be bad at something first. So focus that energy, redirect the energy into the activities that are going to allow you to develop the skill or meet the person or acquire those resources, whatever the case may be, okay? Just re-funnel or redirect that anxiety that you're feeling, redefine it. It's not fear, it's excitement. 
Give it the oxygen that it needs to breathe, right? Give it the oxygen that it needs to ignite because that energy inside of you will fuel a fire inside that just really propels your activity. It allows you to focus, allows you to be more effective, and allows you to learn things faster and, and become better. It's a huge confidence boost. So reinterpret the energy that you're feeling not as fear or anxiety. It's not a sign that you're not good enough. It's a sign that you're doing something that's important to you. And if this is important to you, you need to be okay with being bad at it before you become good at it. You need to realize that there's going to be a valley of disappointment. There's going to be this period where you haven't made the connections necessary inside your body, inside your brain, to see the growth that you want to see. And so the ice stays frozen. Your skill stays latent, it stays dormant. You don't develop until the connections are made. You pass beyond the valley of disappointment, and that's when you realize that you too can develop these skills. You too can solve these problems. You are amazing. Music for this episode came from We Are Here by Declare P. I'm Steve Gardner. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and share with a friend. Thanks for listening.